God's word, amen? I want to thank Pastor Travis for a great word that he brought to you last Sunday. That was awesome. I've already watched it online. What a great message, and I appreciate your passion in sharing it. I am focused today to talk to you about this fact, that transformation matters. We launch a focused time of fasting and prayer. And I believe there's no better way to give evidence of our passionate commitment that transformation is our desire than to set aside certain routines or habits so that we could take that time and spend it with God and allow the Holy Spirit to take us to a new place in our journey with Him. To take us as a faith family. That's why I say us. You know, I've often heard the story of how the age preacher said we ought to draw a circle and ask God to start revival in that circle and we, and we should step in the circle. He said, I'll be the first. And the circle was always drawn too small. I, I think we ought to draw a circle around this entire church family and say, Lord, take us to a new place of transformation. Not just one of us or a few of us, but all of us, God, because transformation matters. And that however the Spirit leads you, that you had set aside significant increased time to seek the face of God so that His Spirit and His Word, the combinational power of Spirit and Word, would work in you so that we are formed more in the likeness of Jesus Christ. I'm passionate about this. and So today we, we start, and I'm going to ask you to come back tonight because we're going to pray together and officially launch this fast that will continue over the month of January. Matter of fact, we, we will break this in celebration on January the 30th. And I ask you to just pray. You, you set aside one meal a day or every meal, however the Lord should direct you. Pray about it. He'll speak to you. Maybe it's a meal fast or a media fast. God will speak to your heart. And I just pray, follow through and watch what will happen. We watch the new year come in. We watch the fireworks around the world go off. You know, they light up the sky and then it goes dark again. New Year's resolutions, they light up for a moment, then it goes dark again. I'm not into New Year's resolutions that start and then end with, you know, by the end of the week. Let's be into spiritual transformation. The process of spiritual growth. Are you ready, church? Are you ready for a new year? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. New International Version. Read it out loud with me, okay? It's on the screen for you. Let's read it together. Let's put the Word of God in our hearts and in the atmosphere. Here we go. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let's say amen. amen. Continue. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplates the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see that the purpose in the verse is transformation, that we would be transformed. That's the purpose. It's from the inside out. Paul wrote in Thessalonians that we would be changed, transformed, spirit, soul, and body inside out it happens from the inside because Peter writes in 2nd Peter 
I think it's 1 verse 3, that we've been given a divine nature, the very DNA of God. And when the DNA of God in us is activated, it will bring itself to bear until we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus. I have two sons, Ryan and Connor, and if you know them, you know that we're connected because there are similarities. There's a DNA strain. We're not exactly alike, but there are enough likenesses that you know we're related. So when it comes into the spiritual context, we are to be transformed in attitude, actions, character, and conduct so that as people watch us, they realize there's a relationship with Jesus because the DNA of God is activated in us and it's making a difference then even on the outside. It's the theology of transformation. I love to, to think about how this works and to try and capture even a, a modern day metaphor or illustration that will help us wrap our minds around this whole process. This came real to me some months ago. I was enjoying yet again another great bag of Orville Redenbacher's microwave popcorn extra butter. Love it. Wish I had some right now. I stood there that night and watched it. The bag is flat, rather, you know, just useless. But over a process of time and right temperature, transformation occurs. Until you can even hear it, smell it, and then you enjoy it. I wondered, how does that happen? How do you go from the kernel to the popcorn? That's rather an amazing transformation. I mean, who would have ever thought when you're enjoying the popcorn that that kernel was holding all of that hostage? It's truly amazing. So it led me to Google. (laughs) Typed it in, asked the question, and I was informed. I call it the theology of popcorn. There's moisture in every kernel. And when that moisture is heated, it turns into steam and steam rises. When the steam starts rising, it activates the internal components of the popcorn. And when it gets to a certain temperature, you start hearing a sound. You can even hear it in your mind right now. And when you hear the sound, the outside is giving way to all the activity that's going on inside. Matter of fact, it is so awesome that the outside can no longer contain what is happening on the inside. Can I get a witness? Until you open that bag and you enjoy something so awesome and you could never believe that what you're enjoying came from the kernel. That is transformation. So if in us there is the very DNA of God, the divine nature, and if that divine nature is activated, transformation then occurs to where it's that awesome, that dramatic in our character, then how do you activate 
the divine nature. And that's the process we find in these two verses. It's spirit and word. The combinational power of spirit and word, and then we'll see as we tuck into that fellowship with the spirit through intercessory prayer, transformation occurs. The word spirit is used three times in these two verses. It is the spirit that the word is showing us that is the agent of this change. If we remove the spirit from the process, then we can spend 2011 and gain more information and still not be transformed. We all agree that if just messages, sermons, and reading scripture would transform us, most everyone in the room has read enough scripture, heard enough sermons to be like Jesus. So obviously we need more than just information. We need the spirit and the word. The spirit makes the word come alive. The the spirit makes the word real to us. The spirit lifts the word off the page until it's God speaking to us. I love to read. I have favorite writers. Matter of fact, one of my favorite is in the room. It's Dr. Rutland. I've read his books, but I can just be honest with you. Every time I've sat down to read one of his books, as I start reading it, he never comes into the room and looks over my shoulder and says, now, Stop right there at the end of that sentence and let me tell you what was on my mind when I was writing that to you. That never happens. Now, I'm, I'm open for that to happen. <laughs> but when I open the scripture, the Holy Spirit is there and begins to pause my soul and say, let me tell you what is happening in me concerning this word for you. He's there. It's it's the relationship of spirit and word. How many of you saw The Passion of the Christ? Once you've seen that movie, you can never read the scripture about the crucifixion and, and be the same because the word was turned into motion picture. You experienced it. So that's the role of the Spirit and the Word. The Spirit takes the Word of God, applies it into the hearts of the people of God, and we are changed, transformed into the likeness of God. Imagine if I said after this service as a Christmas gift and a way to start the new year, we're all going to Cheesecake Factory and Kelly and I, we're going to pay. Just imagine. Just imagine. Dream big. We get there, we go in, we sit down, and we get the written word of what's available to us. And we start reading. It's descriptive. And just simply reading the word of what's available does nurture the appetite. It increases our hunger. But then to the table comes a proclaimer of the menu. And the waiter or waitress begins menu exposition and gives you insight that just simply reading the word you would have never gotten. And so that you are very clear on what you've read and heard, they even do Q&A 
so that now what you've read and heard has been fully explained. But when all of that happens, you've read the word, you've had the word explained to you, you don't then get up and leave the restaurant. Why? Because you didn't simply go to read or just listen to what was available. You went to Cheesecake Factory to experience what you had read and heard about. And that is the role of the Spirit and the Word. The Spirit comes and makes the Word come alive so that going to church is not just some routine, but it is where we experience that which we read and hear about. So that in your devotional time, you're not just simply reading and letting, letting words circulate in your mind. You are having the word become your experience in character and lifestyle. The role of the spirit is to take the word and make it come alive until it is transforming you. The spirit and the word. Now you say, well, I don't necessarily see where you're getting that second part of the process, the word. Well, it says that we come with unveiled face and we contemplate the Lord's glory. Now, let me, first of all, look at that unveiled face part of the verse. That's where we are real with God. Leah Dunnick was on the platform today with unveiled face. When she goes back to Kabul, she will have to veil because that's the law of the land. You come before the Lord, not with any veil. You come and you are real with God. There's nothing that will shut down the transformational process in our lives like pretense, hypocrisy, just simply playing the game of Christianity. So we come with unveiled face and we contemplate the Lord's glory. The Lord's glory is his character. It's his nature. And if you study this verse, it leads you to the book of James, specifically where it shows us that the word is like a mirror. And as we behold ourselves by looking into the word as a mirror, we see who we are and who we can be. Actually, it says we are beholding the face of our birth, our spiritual birth, and we're seeing who we can be as the spirit takes that word and engrafts, makes it part of our character. Then we are changed. So we contemplate. The key would be to contemplate as we enter this time of fasting and prayer. I'm asking you to increase your time of devotions where you're saying, Holy Spirit, come. And as I contemplate the truth of God, May you lift it off of this page and turn it into spiritual growth in my life so that I am transformed into your likeness. See, there are attitudes and actions, maybe even addictions that we need not carry into the future. The process of change is spirit and word. Spirit and word power and precept working together in combination to bring about the forming of Christ within us as a church family. So we ask God, Lord, use your word and begin to change me. 
So the word there is contemplate. You don't just glance, but you contemplate. Listen to Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the way of the sinner, or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. Notice the time given. The the intentionality of letting the word work in you. Contemplate, not just glance. Now let's put them together. James says you behold as looking in a mirror. You you contemplate the Lord's glory. You're, You're looking into scripture and you're contemplating the character and nature of God, realizing that you've been given a divine nature and as it's activated, you can become what you see in the scripture. You contemplate as looking in a mirror. Not a glancer, but a contemplator. Not a glancer, but a beholder. A lady gets up in the morning. and She comes in and she gets to mirror number one. And that's the mirror that shows the results of the sleep or the lack thereof the night before. Mirror number two is the get ready mirror. That's where you get it all right because you're going out for the day. Mirror number three, full length mirror where you can check it from head to toe. Mirror number four, the visor mirror. It's where you make sure nothing is lost in transition. Mirror number five, that's the compact mirror in your purse so you can do maintenance along the way. Now, guys aren't like that. Matter of fact, if there's a guy in this room with a mirror in your pocket, you need to see me right after this service. That is such a great illustration that we don't just glance and go about our agenda. We process, we contemplate. We behold as looking in the mirror and the spirit of God takes the word of God and it activates the DNA of God in you until the outside can no longer contain what is happening on the inside. Actions, attitudes, that's where they start changing. That's where addictions are broken and freedom is the result. The purpose is transformation. That's what the verse teaches us. The process is spirit and word. Think about the two guys in Luke 24. They're discouraged and confused. Jesus has died and they don't know where they put him. They're on this road and Jesus, the resurrected son of God, comes right into their company, but they don't know it's him. He says to them, why are you discouraged? They said, well, they've taken our master. We don't know where they've put him. And Jesus says, well, don't you remember what Moses said and what the prophet said? They start having Bible study. He is giving them word. They get to their house, and it appears that the stranger is going to keep walking. But these two men, they need more time. They say, please come in. 
And they come into the house. And the Bible says they, they sat down at a table. And they fellowshiped. And as they fellowshiped, Jesus broke bread with them. And as they were in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus broke bread with them, the Bible says their eyes were opened. It said, did not our hearts burn within us? It's starting to activate. See, just on the road, they were having Bible study, but they weren't connecting it with the Spirit. But in fellowship, Spirit and Word took two guys who were needing Prozac and set them on fire. That is the power of change that is available when we intercede, fasting and prayer, Inviting spirit and word to make us more like Jesus. What's the result? Verse 17. Freedom. It's when the spirit and the word work as we intercede. Freedom is the result. Freedom. And the Lord never sets us free from something unless he sets us free to something. The writer of Corinthians is also the writer of Romans who gave us the powerful metaphor of caterpillar to butterfly. Now there is one incredible picture of transformation. When you see the beautiful, dynamic, awesome, influential butterfly, you would never think that it started as the crawling caterpillar. When you're eating the popcorn, you would never think that it started as the small, useless kernel. See, he sets us free from something to something. The grounding limitations of the caterpillar give way to the flight of the butterfly. Please, Capture the essence of change and the power of change that is available for us as followers of Christ. Your past does not have to be your future. Attitudes that are keeping you down and unsuccessful. Addictions that are keeping you chained to things that are destroying you. They can give way by the power of the Spirit and the Word. And you're not only set free from that, the limiting, grounding influences of those things. You are set free to the flight of your destiny in God. Come on, let's praise him this morning that that is the power of transformation available to us. From darkness to light, from weakness to strength, from death to life. The message paraphrase has an interesting way of concluding verse 18. We're here in the NIV. It says we are transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Message paraphrase says that we get brighter and brighter. I thought that's interesting. And the more I studied ever-increasing glory, I saw that's really what the writer is saying. We all want to be a great influence on the community. 
let's, let's start with our own families. We want to influence our families. We want to influence neighbors. We want to influence the community. We even want to influence in our responsibility to the Great Commission, the world. And our influence is tied to transformation. We get brighter and brighter as we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Transformation matters. That's our beginning place today. In 2003, there was a blackout on the East Coast. I was intrigued to watch the story unfold. CNN sent a reporter to LaGuardia Airport in New York, and you saw the thousands of people coming out of the airport. Nothing was moving forward. There was no power. The lights were out. Planes weren't flying. People were looking for places to stay, so they go to airport hotels and They chronicled the story of one man who went into this hotel that had no power, yet they were renting rooms. They said, well, rent your room. It's not going to be comfortable, but you can have the room. He goes up to the room. He looks out his window, and across the parking lot was another airport hotel, and it had full power. He bolted out of that uncomfortable room across the parking lot into that hotel that had power and said, do you have any rooms left? They said, we have a few. He said, I'll take one. They said, well... We'd be happy to rent you one. And they said, we're also making hot food. We've brought out televisions here in the lobby so that you can be informed as to what is going on and your room's going to be comfortable. Hotels, they have memberships. You can join them and if you stay there, you get certain points and ultimately certain rewards. And after that situation, thousands of people joined in membership to that hotel chain. So the CN reporter said to the manager of the hotel that had power, hey, how is this happening? And the manager said, when we built this hotel, we built it in such a way that whatever is happening out there would have no influence or determination on what's happening in here. So because they had another source, In the time of darkness, they were getting brighter and brighter. As a result, they were feeding the hungry. They were bringing comfort to the confused. They were bringing information to the confused. And as a result, thousands joined in membership. That story came racing to my heart as I prayed about this first Sunday, to say to every one of us, if we will give ourselves to seeking the face of God, if we will ask for the Spirit and the Word to work in us transformation, we will get brighter and brighter. And there's never been a time so dark as this present hour the lights are out in moral values. It's having its, its influence in our economics, in family values. You just go down the list. It, we are living in a dark, dark time. And this is our opportunity to create conversation. Because as it gets darker and darker, if we're getting brighter and brighter, 
we're going to create a conversation that's going to be a question. Where and how do you have this power in your life? Why is your family not dysfunctional? Why is your life working? What is the secret to the peace in your life and the power of your life? And as a result of sharing the source of our power, we're going to feed the hungry, we're going to give wisdom to the confused, and we're going to bring comfort to troubled hearts. I say, church, this is our finest hour. So may we give ourselves to this transformational process with your eyes closed in the presence of God. Maybe you've never joined in a corporate time of prayer. I ask you to let this be the time. I ask you to give serious consideration to what the Spirit would say to you in walking in step with this challenge. And now, God, we just open our hearts because we believe that this kind of change is available. We cannot change ourselves. But as we look into the word and behold what we can be and realize that your spirit empowers us and your spirit activates that DNA of God in us, then we get excited about the influence of change, transformation. As you contemplate what the Lord is saying to you, what attitudes and actions come to mind that need change? What is the Lord showing you that is a deed of the flesh that needs to be put to death? And then what fruit of the Spirit needs to grow as you start a new year? I invite you into this process. The result will be freedom. Freedom. 10 to 12 months from now, there can be dramatic change in your life just as we see from caterpillar to butterfly. Don't let the enemy for one second tell you that it's impossible. Don't let the enemy tell you that this year will be like last year. It is time to hear the voice of God. That's why I say look into the word. Behold the face of your spiritual birth. In other words, what you can be. The Holy Spirit always sees potential in us that no one else can see. All through the word, God showed that part of his character. He saw in people what no one else could see. God knows that you've been given a divine nature at salvation. And therefore, you have all you need for life and godliness. It just has to be heated up, activated.
Holy Spirit, I just join with the church family today and I surrender. Every thought, every day, as we approach this new year, Lord, we just come with unveiled face. We get real with you. And we ask for mercy and grace for where we have been disobedient and dishonest and hypocritical. Forgive us our trespasses. And we get excited about the potential of change. We get excited about being set free from those things that limit and destroy to those things that give flight to the vision and destiny of our lives. Somebody in this room needs to just apologize to your dream. You've given up on the dream God has for you. Recapture that dream. Recapture that God has saved you for a purpose. If today you would, and you need to make a fresh commitment to Jesus, you need to do that. You recognize that there's a distance, there's a gap, there's a disconnect. In any way, and you want to deal with it now, why don't you just raise your hand? Say, that's me. I need to make some changes and I need to start today. Yes. 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 That's just humility and sincerity makes a difference. You just acknowledge. Lord, may you increase. May we decrease. More of you. More of you, Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit, like waves of grace, just flow over our souls. Let fresh power Ignite the engines of our spirit so that we're ready to be full throttle as we face a new year and as we journey with you. I pray that our influence would be greater and greater and greater as we are transformed. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Now tonight, I'm going to lead us through this time of prayer. And I just really encourage you to be here. We're going to come together. We're going to stand in prayer together. We're going to kneel around these these stairways, these altars together. And as a church family, we're going to talk to the Lord. We're going to let Him speak to us and just start something very special. So I pray that you'd honor this time. It begins at 6. We'll start right at 6 opening God's word and starting this prayer service. So be on time and come with hearts open and high expectations. I really love you. I'm very excited about this year and let's move forward together. God bless you, everybody. You can stand and be dismissed.